podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's Kid Double H, half trying to live for an existence to stay alive. We do the podcast sometime during the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Daniel to look half hope. Where can people find you? Hopefully, just needs a few little things. A brand spanking new website should be launching very soon. Either okay. probably tonight or tomorrow. I've been working on this very hard, but yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a lot more vibrant, a lot more alive, and hopefully people may like the the up, upgraded um, official football hot website. So that should be launching very soon, officially. Cool. Um, so, yeah. Calls at the Athletic. You can check him out over there. I don't know what they're doing for international break, but I'm sure he's up to something. Next week. We are going to release our Talking Tactics special called Written in the Stars. It's about Chelsea's 2012 Champions League victory. It's good. That's all I can say. Mm. And it's good to me. <laughs> and that's so, all that matters. Um, I know. If, if you guys um, like the Zidane one, it's like that. But um, hopefully a bit better. I've added some special sauce where it can be added. So um, I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing that and hopefully enjoying it. I don't know if I'll be able to see a lot of the responses because I'll be out of the country for the next few weeks, but hopefully, ho- hopefully I'll be able to see some stuff. I wanted to start with the Messi Zidane interview, but we could start there. There were there were two big interviews. There was mm. Messi Zidane, Mikel Osiman. Mm. Um, so w- maybe we could save those for the for the back end, and we can start maybe with City for Chelsea for. Oh right? yeah. No, no. Let me ask you this. This is best to to to, to start this. Maybe it's, it's maybe because it's a lot of topic. That's given for you. Entertaining, great football match. What was that? Because there's been a bit of, of a debate as to like, was that a really good football match or was that just an entertaining match that wasn't really a good football match, but were just like eventful? Hmm. Eventful is a good adjective, I think. Mm. I don't know if the quality of football was like excellent, though. I don't mm. think you get four goals apiece with great quality football because maybe you have mistake mistakes lead to goals and if there are mistakes how can it be quality there's like a bit of a contradiction there um so eight goals is a bit much but when there are eight goals that means there's a there's a definite narrative and story that's that's going or running throughout the match which then makes it entertaining or compelling so it was certainly a compelling game to watch the drama of it um City score first. Chelsea then score two. Man City respond with, no. How did it go? It was City score first. Yeah, Pep penalty. Then, then Chelsea then, scored twice. Then Chelsea scored twice. Then Akanji then scored just before halftime. Akanji then Halland then scored. Then City scored just after halftime. Jackson equalizer three three. Rodri scores what appears to be the winner. The and deflection then and then Palmer. Yeah. So, like, even that, even trying to trace the narrative of what happened, there's so many incidents. And those are just the goals. Those aren't the, you know, chances that happened or maybe someone hit the post or whatever it might have been. Um, or was it a foul? Was it not a foul? All those types of debates. So, um, definitely compelling, definitely entertaining. But would I say it's the best football that's been played this season or will be played this season? No. No. But will you find more drama than... Cole Palmer stepping up to the spot in the 93rd minute or whatever it was. And they're celebrating in front like, of City fans. Against, against his his old team and shrugging his shoulders like, yeah. what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> you no, no, but, What do you want him to freaking do? <laughs> like, that's... Reaction was like, 
bro. I, actually, no. I think that celebration was this is what you let go. <laughs> oh, you. Wow. I think I think that's what it was. See, you could read that many ways, but he was like, "I, you had me. Came through the academy, Manchester guy. You let me go, and guess who scores the clutch penalty to make it four four. So you let me go. So like, what happens? I, I read that one like it is what it is, or this is what I do. Like it just is 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 it's not that big of a deal. So eh. Hmm. And I have to be honest. Listening to his interviews, he seems like like a killer. Oh wow! Not like like not like an actual murderer, <laughs> but just like the, the the mentality of cold blooded. Nothing really phases me like that. I'm just I'm a killer. Like if you put me in any situation on the pitch, I'm going to execute. Whether or not he has the talent to execute all of the situations he's in is maybe its own question. No, but but, but, but see, no, is that mentality his black speaks, side or his white side though? Let's talk about it. The streets want to know. <laughs> That's actually a difficult question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, no, look, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just being stupid. I'm just being stupid. Don't, no, don't like, answer. Don't, I'm, being, I'm being stupid. <laughs> I, 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 there was like a, a beginning of an analysis in my head, but I'll leave it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is, it, was it, is he from St. Kitts? Yeah, I think St. Kitts, yeah. St. Kitts and Nevis, I believe. No, no, because, yeah, he posted, like, a photo. I think it was his granddad. And this guy's, like, dark skinned, <laughs> you know? Mm. No, because, again, it's like, it's one of those... His, ad- even wait, his wait. actual sister looks mixed race. Yeah, he, yeah. he looks like a white man. That's why it's, it's so funny, because it's, it's funny how, like, is it eugenics? Is that the what? term? Of eugenics like, is is like um pseudoscience almost. Yeah, so no, no, no basically it's just funny how like mom the obviously white, his dad obviously half black, half white. Mm-hmm. So when you now dilute that, you should still <laughs> see a bit of something. But then I remember, so in my school, it was it was the Razak brothers, where their dad was from Iraq, their mother was English white. So the older bro, the the younger brother, yeah, looks like half half. The older brother, completely white, one hundred percent white, not a speck of like Iraqi in him. And his younger brother was like, oh, light skin, like you know, you see. So it's just one of those things because when you look at Cole Palmer, that's a white man. <laughs> that is a white man. <laughs> so it's 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 crazy. But I again, think, I, I, wait, do you remember? Do you remember this guy Wentworth Miller, Prison Break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's half black, half he's, white. He's mixed race. Yeah, yeah, he's mixed race. Yeah. Or um, is it Jennifer Beals? That's crazy. I, all this time, I never knew. I never knew. <laughs> devil never. is it? Is it Devil in a Blue Dress? That movie. Mm. That she makes the movie tit work in a particular way because she's passing. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. The, the movie wouldn't work unless you found an actress like that. Mm. Um, but I haven't. I haven't seen the. What's the new? It's called Passing. I forget the actress that's in it. Oh, yeah. Um, what's it called? Um, Tessa Ruth. Thompson. Is and it- um, Ruth Negger. Yeah. Good, bro. <laughs> that film is... That film is... It's, it's, it's messed yeah, up. I haven't watched Good. It. It's good, it. but it's messed up. It's good, but, but it's good in that messed up way. So, yeah. I'm just saying... Oh, do you know Walter White? Have you heard of the story of Walter White? Not the guy from Breaking Bad, but like... Oh, no. An old NAACP... Um, I don't know if he was a president or member or oh, what. Oh, is this like Rachel Dolezal or... <laughs> No, 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 no. He he looked like a white man, mm. but he was actually like part African, 
So he would go undercover for the NAACP as a KKK member. Oh, wow. And then bring back information from like KKK rallies to the African masses. And then that would help people navigate whatever was going on. It's like a crazy yeah. story. I believe his name was Walter White. But now Walter White means Breaking Bad. But I'm just saying, if Cole, if Cole Palmer wanted to do a service, like obviously he's he's too famous. But, you know, he he can't go oh undercover. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> but, looking at him right now. Jesus. He looks Christ. like a white man. <laughs> that is crazy. But I I feel like that's the story I remember. Like he used to go he would go undercover, like deep undercover. But he looks like a white man, so it was easy to do. I'm just if if Palmer wanted to use his his uh I, let me not. <laughs> he was called up to England though. So that maybe tells me a little bit. Crazy game. Crazy game. Yeah, crazy. That's another good adjective for that game. It was crazy. Yeah, it was eventful crazy. See, okay. People conflate goals with a good game, right? Yeah. So that's the issue that I, I would suspect you'd be having. Yeah, goals does not equal a good football game. It's exciting, not good. Okay, I always use the example. So the best match I've ever seen in my life ever, Germany, Italy, 06 World Cup. It was 0-0 until like the 117th minute. Is that but the that was from... Yeah, yeah, yeah Grosso and then um, Del Piero. Like, but that was an amazing football match. Amazing. But it was 0-0 for 117 minutes, you know. So that's an amazing football match. Man City-Chelsea, first off, City didn't play well. They did not play well. Now, I would argue that it's because... Pochettino has a good record against Pep and Pochettino is a defensive manager. So he knows how to set up well to stifle the passing lanes for City. So City did not play well. So already off the bat, a team who we know how well they play did not have a good game. They managed to execute and get themselves in the game, but they did not have a good game. They, they got better, but in that first half, they were not good. That's arguably the worst they've played this entire season. And for Chelsea, Chelsea made a lot of mistakes as well. You know, especially like losing the ball. So in terms of just quality of football and a flowing game, footballing wise, you can't be like, man, this is this is really good football. Yeah, these are guys at a high level playing at a high level. No, it wasn't that. No. You know, it just that it was very watchable because so much stuff was happening and you never know what's gonna be okay. They'll score, they'll score, they'll score, they'll score. Chance here, chance here, chance here, chance here. It was exciting. So <laughs> I'm just reading about Walter White. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bro, this, yeah, no, this, this, I mean, just looking at him now, that's a white man. <laughs> this is of his 32 great, great grandparents, only five were black and the other 27 were white. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but he and that, he and his family identified as Negro and lived among Atlanta's Negro community. Hey, but either way, like that consciousness is was relevant because he was able to use it as uh or for you know good purposes mm. i suppose like you know bringing information back to the hood i guess um uh what are are there any other points from that game oh this is something i wanted to discuss about that match and this will lead us to the osiman mikhail interview i think quite nicely chelsea have played decently against so-called big six clubs so they beat Spurs, albeit, you know, with nine men. They've drawn against Arsenal. They've drawn against City. And there was another result where they got a draw. Liverpool, I believe it was. 
you could make the case that they should have won the City game. You could make the case they should have won the Arsenal game. I don't mm. recall the Liverpool game that that much. But if it was a draw, you know, knife's edge, whatever it is. Oh, oh no, so I Chelsea- remember that. No, no, it was very close. That Liverpool game, like, it was Chelsea could have easily won that game. It was very close. Especially once they got it. Um, I think, did, did, did they go 2-1 up? I think they went 2-1 up, I think. But yeah, no, but no, that game, because remember, that was the first game of the season. And I was like, ooh, mm. wait a minute. Could Chelsea start doing something? Wow, man. But then... You know, Brentford happened and everything, so. <laughs> um, this, Diaz scored, DeSassi, if I remember from a corner. But either way. Um, so Chelsea seem to be performing decently against so-called big clubs. They have six points from when people might have assumed you would get nothing. But when they play, as you say, Brentford or any of the other so- would-be smaller teams, they struggle. Now. When I look at this, people say, how come Chelsea can't carry their form against Manchester City or Spurs or whomever against smaller teams? And I'm like, well, they're different games. Mm. Because Manchester City have objectives. Man City have objectives. They don't respect Chelsea as much as a smaller team does. Same for Arsenal. Same for Liverpool. It was clear with Tottenham. We have our own objectives. We don't respect you in the same way that a Norwich or they're not in the league, but you know, whatever smaller club you're Chelsea to them. They're going to respect the talent and the name and the badge. And they're going to sit back, makes things very tight. There's going to be no space between the lines and you're going to have to break down all 11 players in order to score. City are looking at the game a bit differently. They're like, we don't, there's obviously a a professional respect, but we're not, we're not going to sacrifice the principles of our game to because of who you are we're going to try to impose ourselves and impose our will on the game which then creates the opportunity or platform for Chelsea's players like Sterling like Jackson maybe Mudrick Palmer Gallagher whoever is there they have the opportunity to you know stretch their legs run um, and utilize the space that's being left when the opposition's team has gone forward. That doesn't happen against smaller teams, which then creates the necessity, I think, something you've talked about um, all season. There isn't enough, or this is, it, it, it combines two things we've said all season, which would be there isn't enough chance creation against the smaller teams who, who defend and sit back, added to that or allied with it, the striker isn't as clinical as one would like to, as one would imagine uh, their striker being. And when you combine those two things together, you don't have a striker who seems to score a goal every game. Neither are you giving him enough chances to do so. When you play against a team that compacts space, it's going to be incredibly more difficult for a team like Chelsea because they don't have the hazard to dribble past players. They don't have the Fabregas, Fabregas who can see a pass. Um, and there's, again, there's no, there's no magic in the team. Um, the best you can have is maybe Sterling and his thing is more winning penalties, I think. So I think that's the disconnect between big team, small team, but I'm rambling. So you can go. Um, I mean, looks, I mean, it's, it's very simple. It's like space without space. Those are two different games. A really good team. The best teams know how to play with space and without space. What we've seen from this Chelsea team is that if you give them space, 
they can play well and they can actually look good. But that's not how it works in a 38-game season. Because as you said, team the inferior team will not give the superior team space. So as a team, to win over 38 games, you must know how to play well with space. One touch, quick thinking, and be able to now execute that space when people are not pressing you high. And at the same time, you have to know how, when guys sitting deep, do you know how to maintain concentration so that you don't um, have any, a false sense of superiority, so you're always switched on when the opposing team has the counter? And do you know how to break down that team to be able to move the ball around, move the ball around find that space, execute the space, or find that pass, that quick pass, that quick dribble, and then say, what's up? So what is it for the Chelsea teams that they, they don't have the... And now people say, oh, Nkunku, Nkunku, but until Nkunku comes back, Chelsea clearly just do not have the personnel to be able to break teams down. Can, but is, is if to, to do well in the season, you need to be able to do both. Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask, is Nkunku a player who can create his own goals? So I remember when I was watching the highlights of Timo Werner a few years back. And because I wasn't watching Leipzig. I'm, I'm still not. <laughs> I wasn't mm. watching them unless they were in the Champions League or something. And they were like, bro, Timo Werner, he's a goal scorer. And then you go look at the goals. And it was like, I think only one of these goals out of maybe 2025, 20, did he create himself? The rest of them were either penalties or tap-ins or just one, one touch finishes. Like he wasn't dribbling through players and creating the goal for himself. I need to go look at Nkunku's comp, comps the same way and have the same kind of critical eye, but I wonder if you might know off top. Is he a player who creates his own or is he finishing what's been made for him? You see, I think this because, is the because key thing the, here. Because if, if he's somebody who's finishing what's made for him, there's no chef at Chelsea to cook, really. No, no, Unless no. Unless you're looking at Palmer. But... And, yeah, and that's why people have to chill on this Nkunku thing. Think about it. He plays for Leipzig. What is the Bundesliga? It's open. Mm. Teams hardly ever stay back. Bundesliga teams, everybody goes toe-to-toe. So you've mostly been playing in a team where you go toe-to-toe. And even when you see Leipzig in the Champions League, they're in very open games. So I haven't seen Onkunku play in a team where teams sit back. So... I don't know how, because I'm sure Nkunku with space, oh bro, that guy is amazing in space because of his speed, his finishing ability, his ability to also carry the, the ball as well. But I'm just not sure how well he is because how many teams do Leipzig play that will set sets back? Leipzig and Bayern. So when they face Mainz or they face Hoffenheim, bro, Hoffenheim will go toe-to-toe against them. So... Again, my and also like even when Leipzig play in the Champions League, they don't they're not a team that have that really sets it back. They take the game to you. So if Nkoko comes back, does it solve Chelsea's issues? I don't think so. Chelsea need a creator. They need a playmaker. They need a guy who can unlock defenses, which is what a Bernardo Silva does, which is what a Salah can do, which is what an 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 Odegaard or a Saka can do. You know, like Saka can make space for a shot and shoot. Odegaard can make that key pass. But you know what Russell can do? Silver, you know how creative he is and how much of a playmaker that he can be. So these are all, Doku, you know how good he is 1v1. 
Mm. Chelsea just don't have these players to break guys down. Other teams do, which is the issues that Chelsea are gonna lie into. So, um, that's the thing, no, bro. Need, but need, everybody need, says Unkunku um, is Lord Savior, man. So <laughs> I don't know. He needs his own Bible book at this point. Um, we'll 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 come back to Chelsea. But since you mentioned Arsenal, I do want to bring this up. So Aaron Ramsdale's dad came oh, out. Lord. I feel within the past few days. And says something to the effect of like, Aaron isn't happy um, when he's not playing. We want to get the smile back on his face. Da, 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 da. Have you been monitoring the Ramsdale Raya situation, which seems to be, I mean, we haven't discussed it on here, but whenever I watch Raya, I don't understand what Arteta sees in him that would make him a more valuable keeper than Ramsdale. Especially like I remember, like the Arsenal game or the Arsenal Chelsea game, he was not good. Like the the Mudrick chance that went in, the, the yeah. Mudrick cross that went in. Let's be real, <laughs> he passed the ball to he Cole chipped Palmer. Him. That he chipped him. Mudrick chipped him. I don't care what it says. Mudrick chipped him. I'm sick of that story. <laughs> he he chipped him, but like he was chipping across. He wasn't chipping <laughs> for a goal. Um, like he doesn't seem convincing. That I think was it Brentford. There was one of those games where he just like. Letting a go like he's not a convincing keeper, so it's not as if they've bought Courtois or like maybe Old Black from a few years ago or to Stegen from last season. Like they, it's it's David Raya. Like who we don't even know who this guy is, really. Like maybe if you if you're oh, no, 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 I can get, I can give numbers. you a simple answer. A simple mm-hmm. answer. People are obsessed with trying to mimic Pep. Arteta walks with Pep. Hey, I want my own ball playing keeper as well. It is the dumbest thing I can think of. It is so stupid. It is so stupid. And I'll fight every Arsenal fan with it. Did Ramsdale make mistakes? <laughs> yes. Sure, he, he did. Did he make more mistakes than amazing saves? No. He made... I can't think of... First of all, Daniel, I don't know who the hell Raya is, bro. I, I don't know I don't know where the hell they, they got this guy from. That's the first thing. Second thing is that I've not seen anything from Raya that said, yeah, man, you know what? This is definitely an upgrade. Nothing. For Ramsdale, I'm like, yeah, he made a few mistakes. This guy has made some of the most stunning saves I've seen in the Premier League in a long time. <laughs> like, where I'm like, how did he save that? Mm. And let's just be simple. The goalkeeper is there to be a goalkeeper. This speaks to a much larger thing, which is that I want specialists, not jacks of all trades. Specialize in your skill and, you know, be pretty good in other things. Couture ain't great with his feet, but he's good enough. But he's a specialist in being a keeper and a shot stopper. So what I want from a keeper is you specialize. Every time in training, you specialize in handling, Commanding your, your box, reflexes, communication with the defenders. That is what I want you to be a master at. Playing with your feet, okay, improve on everything, but that, that that's your prime directive. The issue here is that people are trying to reinvent the wheel. Oh, like we want him, the keeper wanting to be like this extra auto player to add something. And this is what I always say. Please show me, show me the data of how many times a team has scored a goal from a keeper playing it out from the back. Show me the data. I can bet you that the data isn't very high of where teams have scored a goal from the keeper. Here's my thing. When that ball goes long, you're going to get it back. (laughs) You're going to eventually get it back. So 
the arguments of, I don't get the arguments apart from an aesthetic thing of, I want to play us from the, from, from, from the back. It doesn't make sense because if data showed that, oh, you score a high number of goals when you play from the back from the keeper, I'm like, cool. But bro, I don't even need the data thing. I watch the, the games. A guy will play from the back. Defenders will be like, Ugh! and they'll lose the, the, the ball. I'm like, okay, okay, now what? So Do you know what's funny to me is that, okay, now this isn't every team. So maybe City and teams like that, they stick to their principles because that's how they're coached. But these teams that want to play short, we're playing good football, play from the back, goalkeeper playing to the center backs, you know, one, two touch, whatever it is. If they're down one nil with 90 minutes, they're not playing that little ticky tackle short no. pass. No. If if they get a free kick, 10 people are going uh, into the box, how, however far the line is, the defensive line, and the keeper comes and he punts the ball as far as he can because they're trying to score. Which tells me, if in your mind, in crunch time, in injury time, or added time, whatever it is, you're going for a goal, and the best way you feel like we're going to score quick is by punting the ball long into a group of bodies and hopefully something happens. That tells me maybe you don't believe the little, the hype with the short playing as much as you as much as you might claim you do. Mm. Now I would have to observe Arsenal to see if they're in a losing position. What do they do when it's you know ninety four minutes and this is the, their last possession? Are, are they telling Ryan to punt the ball long or are they telling him to play it short? My suspicion, no evidence, would be that they're punting that ball as far as he can kick it, and hopefully something happens, like amongst the heads so to speak so that to me has always been a signifier of like do you really believe this do you really believe the best way to score is that because if you did you would do it throughout all 90 minutes yeah. you wouldn't wait to the end of the game and then just start playing route one like it's sam allardyce at bolton or whatever <laughs> that's all i'm saying and it's it's a stupid it's it's a stupid it's stupid It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Doubling back, I did watch the. I've started watching the Mikel series. Now, yeah, Obi-Wan I, podcast, I will say, yeah. yeah, I will say he's not really the star of the podcast for me. It's his co-host. Like his co-host is the Scottish dude. He's a great interviewer. Mm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So, but Mikel has the 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 pulling power. So you can get Terry, yeah, yeah. you can get Lampard, you can get the the latest was Victor Osimhen. Mm. Um, Mikel tried. <laughs> He's like, bro, we need you. Please go. <laughs> He's like, did he even even put? Did you watch Drogba? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. and then also it went into this whole thing of how he was watching YouTube twenty years ago, which didn't exist. And but how he was watching. Actually, actually, hold on, I, I don't know how I feel. Shouldn't Drogba have been the third guest? Maybe, I don't know well, because yeah. because bro, he has that number, bro. That's not that that link is strong. Shouldn't that be the we, third? We, we, Personally, for me, that should be the first guess, but I get it. We don't know what Drogba's doing. He could be... He's probably saving the world somewhere. We don't know what he's up to. This is what we know. We know we can find him when the Ballon d'Or ceremony is happening, because apparently he's been tagged for that. 
But what else? I don't know what else he's up to. So maybe he doesn't have time to talk with Mikkel. Maybe oh, may, have you have you ever seen Drug Ball on a podcast? I don't know if that's he does the thing. Uh, that's why because here's my thing. When he launched it, Obi Mikkel, Drobo was one of the guys who actually said congratulations. Hey, and mm. and he said congratulations, and you know, maybe I'll come up and do something. He alluded to like, oh. hey, I was like, come on, bro, come on. So yes, he's he's gonna do it. He's gonna like basically it's it's it is going to happen. I'm like saying, why didn't why 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 wasn't he the third one? Because bro, that's the train trinity. The um, racist adulterer, lamps and the terry one was actually interesting man like it was actually pretty good um (laughs) i did i I suspected he called him obes but then when he actually did it i was like (laughs) he he doesn't call him obi or obi mikhail or john he's like obes i was like oh oh wow anyway but so Really, he should he should go after all of the the major Chelsea players of that generation. That's what so I thought. I want a Maluda interview. I want an Anelka interview. I want Czech. Oh I wow, Anelka. Cole, yeah. Essien. Like, Messi, you've got to Messi. Drogba and Essien. Balik would be really good. Balik would yeah. be very interesting, yeah. especially from a, a midfield competitor at that time. That would have been. And also, obviously, the O nine game as well. So. Mm. Is it, oh, yeah, see. Do you think he can get Mourinho? He has to be there, bro. Horror, that would be so good. That would be so but, because like those stories, like you know, when like he said like, um, yeah, because you know how he said like um, Lampard was like his son, <laughs> mm. and uh, like Essien, Essien was another. Essien calls Mourinho like daddy, which is very <laughs> strange. So that's, yeah, that's, cool. that's, <laughs> like, cool. that's another one. We, 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 but, see, now, uh, the one thing that I would love that I know would never happen because he never does interviews is Abramovich and did you hear the story he, of like when you know when his dad was kidnapped and Abramovich said you know oh, I, I can the, get I guys I saw the clip but I didn't click it yeah because he said like Abramovich was like you know that hey, if any, anything you need you know that I can get people to get a dad out and Omika was I don't know I said right first or not trust me you don't need to worry about anything if give me <laughs> Say say it, and I can send guys to get your guy that, you know. So, yeah, I don't doubt him. I don't doubt. Of of course not. Of course, of course. Um, I'm just saying, you know, guys in Nigeria, that's amazing. So, but I I think I think Victor's a good a good third a good third episode because it it, yeah I mean mean, it it makes sense it makes sense it makes sense it makes sense. Um. So what did you make of? Victor, or I guess maybe not of the interview itself, but just this idea that he, maybe he could leave Napoli based on what's going on there. They sacked um, Rudy Garcia. They Walter Mazzari. 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 The dude who was there back back in the day. Yeah, love the Vetsi Cavani era. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no, 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 no. He has maybe, to go. Like, so maybe it's time for him to leave. But the question is where. Like, no, no, look, look, see, I will be shocked if Osimir doesn't leave next summer. Like, he's, I, I think he's gone. It's just about who's ready to pay De Laurentiis the 160 that he'll demand for him. My thing is this is that... Oh. Um, speaking to Real Madrid fans, I think they're all in for Endrick to be their guy for next summer. 
we'll get there. Here's a, no, 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 no. This is the thing that's, that can be excited for, for Chelsea fans. So, first thing, the Premier League is the most important league in Nigeria, hands down. So, if you're Nigerian, you want to go to the Premier League. So, most Nigerians, if you would ask them, their preference is to play for a Premier League over any other league in the world. Third thing, mm-hmm. most Nigerians would prefer to be in London than anywhere else. So if you use all of that, it whittles things down to Chelsea because Arsenal have Jesus and Eddie Murphy. Um, Manchester, that's in Manchester, they've got Russell Holland. City, that's in Manchester, they've got Haaland and Alvarez. Liverpool, that's in Liverpool, they have Darwin Nunes. It's just, it's just, so, and also... There, and also as well, there are not that many Tottenham fans. There are not that many Nigerian Tottenham fans. So it's just least Chelsea. So Chelsea have a really, really good chance of signing him if they have the money. So, oh well, we know they have the money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's oh, just yeah. a matter of so, do they have the willingness. Um, I don't think it's as clear cut though as Chelsea because I do think Manchester United are still in number one. I think. Well, what about Rasmus? He hasn't scored in the Premier League. I mean, I know he's he has five goals in the Champions League, but you know, Copenhagen and Galatasaray or whatever. Like, I don't know if those really count for 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 what people think they do. I think like when they were talking about Manchester, um, when um, Mikel was talking about because his co-host is a United fan. Mm. I feel like Victor likes United more than he likes Chelsea. I'm just saying. <laughs> Like he and this 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 is a conflation that people had with Lukaku as well. People thought Lukaku was a Chelsea fan. No, Lukaku was a Drogba fan, and those are two different things. It's the idea yeah, that yeah, like yeah. I'm a it's like I'm a Vince Carter fan. I'm not necessarily a fan of the Toronto Raptors or the New Jersey Nets at the time or the Orlando Magic. I just follow my guy because he's my guy. So if Drogba went to Arsenal, if he went to City, if he went to United, if he went to whoever was there at the time, people would have just, especially strikers, they wouldn't care if he was playing for Chelsea. They would have just gone with him to wherever he went. So Osiba might be a fan of Drogba and his game, his mentality, his style of play, whatever. That doesn't necessarily mean he's a fan of Chelsea. Now, for now, other people take on the club. So that happened to me. With you and Zola, it happened. It happened to you. Where like I like Zola, I like mm-hmm. Chelsea. Like that connection happens. But for especially for a player, I think it's probably easier to divorce who they play for with and them. So maybe Victor is a Drogba fan rather than a Chelsea fan, which I think is what Lukaku had. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, I think United are there. I think Chelsea are there secondarily. I think. As you say, Madrid are there. But it's a question of, number one, what happens with Mbappe? Because if Mbappe comes, I feel like they're going to put him up top and then you'll have... Yeah, which, which is stupid. Yeah, I mean, he won't like it, but that's what will happen. And he'll just kind of... <laughs> he's the Cristiano regen where he's just going to be stuck at number nine, scored a bunch of goals. Um, and again, it dep- if United get the new ownership... Maybe they will would want to make a splash, and that might entail we need a number nine because Hoyland hasn't scored enough goals in the league or whatever the case may be, and we go for the best striker that's available, which is Osimhen. So, um, unless who knows, maybe Mikel <laughs> has some magic or I don't know what. But um, yeah, it's just Mikel. 
if now, okay, you might not be a Chelsea fan, but if Drogba calls and says who you are a fan of and says, Victor, I need you mm. at, at Stamford Bridge. Maybe that could work. Maybe it could work. Maybe it could work. Uncle, Uncle um, Didier. So next interview, though, I think worth talking about is Messi and Zidane for Adidas. So mm. You weren't here last week, so we didn't get to talk about this. I don't even think I talked about it with um, with Carl. Mm. Um, what did you take away from kind of, because it's a discussion we've had on here for a while about the death of the number 10 and positions mm. and all of that. Like they really got into it on a level that I wasn't really expecting. Um, but what did you take away from, from that? No, I mean, I think, I think it's everything that we've been saying, like football has just changed, you know, um, again, you can l- look at that. And I think it's sort of, um, uh, rhymed with, um, or really was connected to even the City Chelsea game because I was when I was looking at City, I was thinking of, of the interview. As I went to look at City, like hmm. it's like it's like a hive mind. Again, I'll play this game with you. How many players in the Premier League do you look forward to seeing? I can't play that you're like, oh man, like I can't wait to see Henri. Oh man, I can't wait to see like um, Hazard. Oh, I can't wait to um, see um, Rooney. Oh, I can't wait to see Van. So, how many of these players do we? There hardly any, because nobody's given the freedom or the responsibility to be that Ronaldinho. And what I've always said is that most people, actually, no, I don't know whether that's right. I, I, I don't know what, 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 what the math is, but a good number of people fall in love with football because of a player. So I think there are, and I, I keep saying this, there are two types of fans, football fans and tribal fans. That's tribal fan. They fall in love with football because of the team. Their first memory, I was two years old. My dad took me to a Barca game, a Chelsea game, a Liverpool game, a Bayern game. And I've been with that team ever since because it is that team reminds me of the bond I have with my dad. That team reminds me of my community, of where I belong. So there's a belonging and a sense of, of community within my club. That's one fan. But for the other fan, I fell in love with football because of Ronaldinho, <laughs> because of Zola, because of Neymar, because of Ronaldo Nazario, because of Rivaldo, because of Romario. Uh, because of Messi, because of Maradona. So there was that player that, wow, look at how good that player is. So when you look at Messi and, and, and Zidane, those were guys who were given the keys to be like, bro, go and cook. You're responsible. Rijkaard didn't say anything to Ronaldinho. <laughs> Rijkaard was like, Rijkaard was say, okay, um, what's it called? Um, Deco, I needed to, to, to do this. Clevis, I needed to do this. Belletti, I needed to do this. Marcus, I needed to do this. Ronaldinho, do your thing. Do your thing. Mm. But now, every player is given a whole bunch of instructions. Every player just fed, like, they, they just fed so much data, so much instructions, like, hey, be here, position, this time, this time, boom, 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 boom. But there isn't that thing of, like, you, I know you're smart enough, intelligent enough that interpret the game and let the game come to you. Feel the game. Go through it and be like, because I trust that you know what to do. That's, so what Zidane and Messi were saying was like, that number 10 jersey was that thing of responsibility of, I know that you will know what to do in this particular situations. As a manager, I can't tell you. I'll give you the general blueprint. This is a general idea of what we, we, we want to do. So I'm giving you broad strokes. But the intricacies of the game, it's down to you. And you have to make that. I can't make that decision for you. 
You just have to make that decision of this is when to play the pass. This is when to do the dribble. This is when to now carry the, the ball even more. This is when to now do the one-two. This is when to now make that run. This is when to now do that one-two. That is something that's, that's number 10 just knows and understands. But now, mm. nope, the manager's is telling you exactly what to do at every moment in time. So every moment in time, when that guy has the ball, he has all this stuff that has been flooded into his brain for like most of the week. So, mm. What did you make that in that interview, they never mentioned Pelé? I found that interesting. I was waiting for the number 10 and Pelé, but really it was Maradona who naturally would be the, the focal point of their combo based on Messi and Argentina. But but you have to remember the age thing, True, but like if they're going into like the history of it, I would think maybe at least Zidane would have some maybe no? thought to mention him, but maybe not. Maybe I'm being... No, 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 but think, think about hard. it. Zidane isn't that far removed from Maradona. So once Zidane was coming in, Maradona was just coming out. So Zidane would have been, probably Zidane's early games would have been when, because Maradona like teetered us around the mid-90s. Oh, no, no, which is no, when no, Zidane... I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that they should have had some reference for his playing career. I th- like, you know, he peaked in 1970. I don't think Zidane mm. was born until maybe 70-something. So like mm. he, he wasn't even born during like the heyday of Pelé. But when you're discussing the number 10, that is the most iconic number 10 shirt. Mm. Is the Pele, is the Brazil Pele one, but maybe that's just from my context. And if you're Messi, of course it's gonna it's, it's gonna be the the mm. the one with baby blue and white stripes. Like that's obviously gonna be his most iconic. Yeah. Um, now, did did Platini wear ten for France? I'm not sure actually. Did I he think he 10? might have. I don't, I'm not sure, but mm. I thought I thought maybe he 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 did. Um. I think he certainly wore it for Juventus. That wasn't mentioned, but it's just interesting people's different frame of reference. Like he mentioned somebody who played for Marseille, whose whose name is slipping my mind. That is probably mm. very bad for me to slip my mind, but um that was his idol. So it's just different frames of reference. So like if I ask you who's the number 10 for you, like your your number 10, your favorite number 10, who would you say? Probably Okocha. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I'll probably say Okocha. You know, um, like that's probably the one that's like that's is the most personal to me because again, like I think everyone represented something different. Because even even when you just look at both of them, Zidane and Messi, the way I view them is different. You know, like my 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 brother there said something very like oh so, oh that's pretty cool he said like i've never seen a guy control a game the way that zedan did so messi's number 10 and what he does is it different from what zedan did because for messi it's about he's going to score that goal he's going to take the ball make that pass and he's going to start engineering things but much more in, a, in an attacking sense for zedan the game is dictated by him. So he is, and there's, because I always say this, like, look, you have to be there. <laughs> I've never seen a player beat a team before in my life. Never. Like, what Zidane did to Brazil in 06, I've never seen in, in my life before. 
Like, I've never seen that. Like, because the reason why you have to be there is because you have to look at the context. You have to look at who Dini was, who Kaka was, who Ronaldo was, who Robinho was. And the fact that he literally snatched, like, basically, it's like a basketball, like basketball guys will, will, will know this. He snatched the soul right out of Brazil in a way that I've, I, I never saw before. So the way he did with number 10 was, a, was on a much more psychological level because like, and people will attack me. I know people will attack me on this podcast and this is a word that we'll ever have. For me, for me, let me be clear here. For me, I prefer Zidane over Messi. Messi has a better career. He has a better legacy. He's more talented. He's won more trophies. He's more consistent, 100%. But what's Zidane as a footballer and what he did, I'm like, was different. So how they interpreted the number 10 and how they played the number 10 was different. Similar to Pele. The way Pele was as a number 10 wasn't like Maradona, wasn't like Zidane or Messi. You know, like, but then, and here's the, the key thing for, for Pele. The reason why the number 10 jersey is a big deal is because of Pele. So even if he wasn't the kind of creative playmaking number 10 that Zidane or Messi was, that thing of, oh, the number 10 jersey is a big deal came from Pele. He started it all. He was the original sort of like, whoever was the number 10 jersey, oh, the, you're, the, you're the guy. This is, you control the team. So. Hmm. I, I'm not enough of a football historian to to challenge the point. I do wonder if there were other number 10s in the past that were like, this is why, like, why was that the number that Pele wore? Was it because in Brazil, that's who we give the, that's that's the shirt number we give the player with the juice? Or did he just stumble upon having that number while having the juice? I don't know. Uh, my yeah. number 10, by the way, is unquestionably Ronaldinho. <laughs> that's, like if, if if you think of culture, I think Ronald Didio, he had his own interpretation of of what the ten is. That's like the modern version. I think. Wait, I, I, actually, hold on. Like, so I just typed assumed... in. So 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 I just typed in. I just typed in. Why did Pele wear number ten? So this is what Wikipedia says. It was in the nineteen fifty eight World Cup that Pele began wearing a jersey with a number ten. The event was a result of disorganization. The leaders of the Brazilian Federation did not allocate the shirt numbers of players, and it was up to FIFA to choose the number 10 shirts for Pele, who was a substitute on the occasion. So there you go. So they just, he's, he was the player with the juice who just so happened to stumble into the 10. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. So it was, he made it. Yeah, iconic. yeah, it was an accident. Yes, yeah, so. The yeah. <laughs> and then, and thus, it now became, so really, so yeah, Pele, Beth, the number ten being a big deal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah, because I was because I always wonder like, maybe there was some player before who had the ten and Pele wore that. But I guess back in the day, the way they did numbers, there were no set numbers. No, no. So anybody could wear a particular number on any day. So any, but either way, so like yeah, like that he just so happened to have the juice and that number. And that was about it, it yeah. made the number yeah. stick. Um. There was another point I had about that interview, but maybe we can come back to it at, a, at, a, at another point in time. Uh, mm. You mentioned Endrick, who was called up into the Brazil team yeah. at 16 or 17. I 17, guess. 17. Do you, I mean, not everything has to go back to Neymar, 
But I wonder what this Brazil team will look like with Endrick, Rodrigo, Vinicius, if indeed that front three comes to fruition. Um, certainly, it was it's better than like Richarlison being in there. Or whomever. Jesus. I mean, I guess it kind of goes to that point, though. Like, who is the number 10? Like, who has the juice? Because all of those players are... Now, I don't know enough about Endrick, to be fair, but I feel mm. like he's more like a striker type. There is no, I don't know, just that, <laughs> you know, you make up words mm. like, you you know, Cellini or whatever these different words yeah, are. Lala, like, yeah. who, <laughs> 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 who, who is the number 10 for, for Brazil? Like, who is the player that this is our guy? Because I don't know if I necessarily see Vinicius that way. I think he can be a match winner. Mm. But in terms of that player that dictates the course of 90 minutes through either dribbling, creative, um, vision, whatever it is. There's the, there's no one here. I don't see them there's in, no one in, here. In, in this Brazil team. There isn't one here. There isn't one. Like, even watching Hendrix highlights, he isn't the kind of... But here's the thing. You have to remember, if you look at 94 to 98, Brazil doesn't really have a playmaker. Like, when you look at from 94 to 98, so, okay, 94, that was really Romario. <laughs> that was Romario's team. So, Dunga and all the guys, they were just there to be functional, but it was about Romario. And this is where he should be Brazil. Ahead of that World Cup in Qatar, who is, the, who is the Pele? Who is the Socrates? Who is the Romario? Who is the Ronaldo? Who is it? It's because it's Shai Hazal can be Ray Charleston. So, my thing, though, is Brazil have never had a playmaker or relied on a playmaker. They've always had like a functional team with good supporting cast, but that's superstar striker. You know, whether it's be Pele, whether it be Romario, where and then, or it's be Ronaldo. So the issue that we had for Neymar's era was, Neymar was Neymar, but who was he, who was the superstar striker? Because you put Neymar with Romario, Neymar with R9, Oh, Brazil doing something. Even puts them out with Luis Fabiano. <laughs> they do something. The issue is that it's bloody Richie Rich, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and we have a situation right now where at 17 years old, Enric is a starter for that team. Because Vini for Real Madrid ain't Vini for Brazil. He just ain't. What has Rodrigo really done for Brazil? Anthony is a fake Brazilian who forged his passport. So, Oh man! You know, like <laughs> you know, Hendrik, yo, you're probably yo, starter. Yo, 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 just quick. I think you need, uh, and, and and I know you're doing the webmaster thing, so maybe it's oh, too wow. late. You need to create a tab that's like the Brazilian embassy, <laughs> and each Brazilian player gets accepted or rejected or under review for their passport. So you need a tab specifically for Brazil. That's an embassy of Brazil. And like, so Richarlison would be there rejected. Anthony would be there rejected. And then people can then earn back their Brazil. That's crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And then, no, no, but you can justify it by saying like, look, my grandmother or great grandmother is from Brazil. So I'm, I'm, I'm included. Like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I might, but I might, I might, I might. I'm just saying because pe- people seem to. He's not Brazilian. He's a fake Brazilian. I'm like, he's not. He's not. No, 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 he's not. He's not. He's. he's I, I can't accept him. On the on the on the hut, but anyway, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you, but no, 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 no
Look, Brazil are just going through a difficult time. Like, I still cannot believe in 2023, Brazil could not beat Croatia in 90 minutes. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> and we're living in a world where, but I told you, like, Germany pimp slapped them in their house. Oh, wow. And I think ever since they got pimp slapped in their own house, they've never recovered. I'm more of the mindset that Brazil needs to destroy Germany at a World Cup for them to get over what happened in 2014. I think that needs to happen. So until they until they get there, get back, psychologically Brazil will, will be reeling, you know. So 2012 Olympics. <laughs> no, was it 20, 2016 Olympics? <laughs> stop it! Stop it! Don't 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 do that! Don't do that! <laughs> don't do that! Don't do that! Don't don't. Uh, you mentioned mines earlier, so I wrote that one down. Mm. You know what's going on with um, Anwar El El Ghazi? I think. It's oh video. yeah, I've heard about this. Person. Yeah, yeah. I what, he was playing either. What was he playing? Burnley or one of the teams that had um, Clara and Blue. I'm gonna have to look this up. Mm. Maybe it was Villa. I'm, I'm gonna look him up. I'm gonna look him up. Anwar El Ghazi. Yes, he is playing for Mines now, and he's played for Ajax, Leo, Aston Villa. And PSV, he was he's from the Netherlands, but he has Moroccan heritage. Oh, and it says he was considering a switch to the Moroccan national team. That's interesting. Mm. Um, even though he has two caps for the for the Dutch senior team. He came out with a statement at the beginning of the latest round of um Israeli bombings in Gaza, um, after Hamas launched um uh, an attack, I suppose. And um, his contract with Mines was terminated over the post. And um, recently, I think he said that he's going to he's going to court over his termination. So I feel like that's worth mentioning. Um, if only because a lot of footballers, I, I can't even say I guess. There are footballers who had these statements. I'm thinking of um, Zinchenko when like the Ukrainian conflict started popping off. And he even went on an interview with Pierce Morgan and says, I'm, I'm not into politics. I don't know anything political, but then gives political statement. <laughs> um, and then people contrasted that with maybe Ozil statements about Muslims in different countries and how come Arsenal had a problem with this and uh, Zinchenko can say that. Um then we have players who were saying, you know, uh, you know, we stand with Israel and all these different things. But then when a pro-Palestinian stance is, is elocuted, um, this player has been sanctioned, punished, sacked even. So, yeah, I just I find it incredibly interesting which free speech people seem is OK and which isn't. Uh, I, just, I think it's just a situation that's worth monitoring. Um he said, oh, no, go for it if you have anything to no, add. No, no, I mean, like, again, I to, to, to quote um, Ice from the Joe Biden podcast, which I think is an amazing statement, everybody's a hypocrite. Everyone is a... Human beings are the most inconsistent creatures you can think of. So everybody changes the rules to suit their narrative. It's as simple as that. So this whole thing of keep the, the same energy, <laughs> it's, it's something that human beings just can't do. We don't keep the same energy. We are hypocrites. So 
what happens is no if i like something or someone i will change the rules to support that one person even though i made a blanket statement of x so and that's just what it's people i say no we're going to support this so anything against this we're going to go against you simple as that and if another thing arises and someone says something people are like well you know we can't really say anything it's it's it's, mm. it's free speech so it is free speech until it messes with something that you are in support of simple as that mm. Um, you know, I'll just I'll just read the BBC thing right quick. It says mm. the 28 year old was suspended on the 17th of October by Bundesliga club after a now deleted post on social media, which was perceived to be pro Palestinian. Mine said his deal was terminated with immediate effect on Friday, despite lifting his suspension on Monday. "Quote: Stand for what is right, even if it means standing alone." End quote. El Ghazi said. In social media posts following the termination of his contract on Friday, El Ghazi added, The loss of my livelihood is nothing when compared to the hell being unleashed on the innocent and vulnerable in Gaza. Hashtag stop the killing. Mine said in a statement, FSV Mines 05 is ending the contractual relationship with Anwar El Ghazi and terminated the player with immediate effect on Friday. The club is taking this measure in response to the player's statements and posts on social media. Um, they continued giving his... Given his commitment to upholding uh, the club's values and the remorse shown and keeping with the club's culture of using mistakes as an opportunity to learn. Oh, this is when they lifted the suspension on Monday. And this is what they said. Anwar Ghazi will return to training and match-related activities with mine soon. But then they suspended him. Um... <laughs> or sacked him, I guess. Oh, wow. Um... Mines said El Ghazi's post took a position on the conflict in the Middle East and in a manner that wasn't tolerable for the club. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what do you look? What are you? What are you gonna free say? Free speech ain't free. Is is what is what I've always been told. Like, you can you can say me. whatever you like, but that doesn't mean there won't be a consequence for what you say. Now, my only hesitation here is that I agree with him. In his post and in his stance against um, the Israeli occupation of Gaza. Mm. Um, but I do understand that there are consequences that come with that position, depending on who you work for, why you work there, who is in charge of where you work. Yeah, yeah. They might not even necessarily be Israeli or Jewish, but they might have their own political stance that they need to maintain, where being pro-Palestinian is not advantageous for that position. So then you have to, you have to fall. So... Um, but I will say, I think history will absolve El Ghazi in this one. Mm. And sometimes being wrong in the moment doesn't mean you're wrong over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because you're not ultimately wrong. <laughs> like that, ultimately. Um, you're just wrong for them. Um, and, and history will have their, their opinion of, of that decision. So... Um, if you're going to be sacked, there are worse things to be sacked for yeah, than, yeah. than saying, you know, Israel should stop bombing those in Palestine. Um, Last, last thing that's on my list, and then we can get out of here. You went to the bridge. <laughs> we didn't talk last week. Oh, yeah, we did talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, on the field, bridge. field trip review. How was Stanford Bridge? Yeah, I mean, look, it's been a while. It was, it was, it was, it was cool. I mean, what I'll say though is, two things annoyed me. The, the first thing that annoyed me was, 
So there was this family. So I think a mother and these two kids. These kids weren't even watching the damn game. They were just, just playing amongst themselves. And I was like, wait, wait what is... You know, you're not watching the damn game, but I get it. Look, it's, it's, it's a few... But I'm like, that just annoyed me. And another one was, there was this couple. And these guys, I swear, with all due disrespect, I think they probably found these, this couple like in, in, a, in a gutter. Like probably the stankest gutter you can think of. They stunk? No, their attitude. Oh, I mean, <laughs> the, the, I mean, the F-bombs, middle fingers. And this lady was like, I mean, my God in heaven. <laughs> I mean, do you have anything they didn't like about yourself? She, just, she was swearing at the players or just in general? No, 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 no. She, she was swearing at the Blackburn players and everything. Like, F you, blah, blah, F you, blah, blah. Like sticking her middle finger, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, so I was, I was like, ah, so this is why I don't like going to matches. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh yeah, now I'm reminded because I'm like, I just this isn't this isn't fun. It's not enjoyable. See, when I go and watch Nigeria mm. play, I'm like, it's all football. Everybody's watching the game. Everybody is insulting them in the kind of funny amicable Nigeria that they insult them with. Everybody is singing songs, and there is just there's it's it's just so much more fun. But being here, I'm like, bro, like. I'm, and, and this was just because no, everyone else was, it was just those those just two isolated incidents. But apart from that, look, man, it's it, I mean, it was it was it was it was cool to be to be back at the at the bridge, man. But one thing that I remember so it just shows it as um it's an it's an old stadium. Oh wow! Yeah, because you can feel like every night it needs red. Bro, the seats were not like pieces of of bloody of bloody plastic, man. Like <laughs> it's an old stadium. Like it's it needs it needs like. It's, you know, I think they said like the, because where I really want to go is the Tottenham Stadium. Because they said like that is like the most modern stadium in the world. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the most modern football stadium is the Tottenham Stadium where like this is like state of the arts, like new, new, new. Um, and I think because I went to Emirates like years ago. And that's like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, like that's this is a modern, modern stadium. But look, yeah, it's just a bridge, man. It's a bridge. But no, but it was cool. Like another thing as well. And it's weird because it's sort of the same thing. Watching a match real feels different. It just feels different. I don't, I don't know why, because I'm like, it's the same thing. TV, really the same thing. But there's just something about just seeing that player for real, if he has a way controlling the, the ball. Moving, I'm like, because just even seeing Cole Palmer or Rhys James, I'm like, yeah, these guys are good at football. But, you, know what, you, know. you know what you can do when you're at the game is if you want to, you can watch one player for as long as you want. Yes. Because you're there. Yeah. But yeah, when, yeah. It, when it's television, because of the camera angles, it's kind of hard to follow a particular player yeah, yeah. in real time. Like you can sometimes do it depending on the angles. But mm. if when you're in the stadium, you can just track a player. Oh, this is the movement. This is what he does on the ball, off the ball. This is the movement that he's making yeah. or trying to make. No, no, but, and um, it's but easier also, to, to follow. Probably. But also as well, I think... You you appreciate just how good the f- ball control and the first touch is mm. for players when you watch it real. Like we just watch it real, and you, you just see how well they are at controlling the ball. Like yeah, like this is this is that level, you know? Because because <laughs> you ju- you just don't really see it on TV, but when you're seeing it really like yeah, Rhys okay, James, that so, guy's the so guy's even, good. Even even the Blackburn players were impressive. To you yeah, no, no, even respect. even them as well. Just 
there were times when they would just switch the, 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 the ball and the guy would just control it. Like, just watching that for real, you're like, okay, these are professionals. <laughs> you know, I am a, in an amateur, wretched, you know, unfit, useless guy. These are professional football players, you know. That's so, where they make the big bucks. Yeah, man, yeah. That's where they make the big bucks. Um, no, I, I think, isn't it the League Cup is the one where, like, see, there's less season ticket holder space? So, like, it opens it up to the public a bit more. I think, uh, it, isn't okay. that the tournament that they do that? Maybe, maybe I'll, 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 I'll tell you off air. <laughs> yeah, so just, just in case I'll tell you off I'll tell you off uh, alright so yeah this has been the Talking Texas Podcast we thank you guys for listening um, remember next week there's going to be a, a Chelsea special so you guys stay tuned for that yep. um, if you can share it in your socials whenever it comes out yes, sir um, do that and hopefully within the next few weeks you will hear from us on the regular pod maybe we'll work something out maybe we won't we'll keep you updated on Twitter um and yeah wish me good luck so this this has been the talking tactics podcast all the links are in the description sometimes funny sometimes serious always football indeed see you guys when we see you peace 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 sports social podcast network